You're listening to another episode of the Just Go Bike Podcast. That's AKA Murph. And that's AP. And this is the podcast where we talk about cycling just for the fun of it. With tales from all over the nation, come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Hello, Kathy Murphy. Well, hello, Andrea Parrott. How is it going over there in Cedar Rapids, Iowa? It is going great. It is, gosh, we're in, we could almost say we're in mid-March. We're in early March, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And I'm starting to, I have this chart on my refrigerator and I color in each day that I go biking. And Mm. I have one color for indoor miles and one color for outdoor miles. And Mm. it's pretty fun that I'm starting to see more outdoor days than indoor days. How about Uh, you? I I love it. Well, I have not had too many outdoor days because I'm not as hardy as you, but I have (laughs) biked outdoors a little bit. Yeah. And that's pretty good for me as I do. I do a lot of dog walking outside. Yeah. And this last week I noticed the first day of the last seven days, I said, oh, I think I hear a robin in the trees. And now today, a week later, there are robins everywhere. So it's spring. Very good. And for those of you out there listening that are kind of like us in the Midwest where it's a little bit colder, it's time to kind of change your mindset because once it starts getting nicer, we've got to start getting those training miles in. That's right. Every day when I wake up, I look at the seven-day forecast and I say, ooh, maybe I could ride that day or maybe I could ride that day. And I try to start pre-planning just so that uh, if there's a nice day, I don't miss it. Sure. And as we mentioned in our episode last week, uh, you've got a new bike to break in. That's right. I know. I got to get out there. Even I've been riding on days even when I normally wouldn't go outside because I just got to get on the bike and ride. Yeah. Yeah. How's that for an inspiration? That is very (laughs) inspirational. So, and that's a good segue to today's episode because um, we have started getting a ton of messages. You've been getting them via email and probably on social media about RAGBRAI, right? Yes. uh, As we get a little bit closer, obviously it's getting closer to spring, but also we are just on the edge of talking about the full RAGBRAI route, including the pasture towns and the meeting towns. And as we near that point, people are starting to think more and more about biking and riding RAGBRAI. Um, the people that were kind of on the fence, they're like, oh, maybe it's going through my community or mm-hmm. maybe it's going to go through my cousin Bill's community, you know? So like, there's a lot more chatter on the pages and we've gotten a lot of questions recently. Yeah. We've also started getting calls on our RegBry 101 hotline. So let's take this episode to kind of address some of those questions, because I think that what we're going to talk about today, other people out there have either said it themselves or are thinking about it. That's right. Well, the inbox doesn't lie. So (laughs) you're right. (laughs) These are are all questions that we've received a couple times and we thought it'd be worthwhile just chatting through. And hopefully that's valuable to you too, as a listener. Yes. And I'll, um, one of us will say this again at the end of the episode, but if you have a question for RAGBRAI 101, the phone number is 515-303- 0385. And you don't have to talk to a person. You're basically just leaving a message. So uh, feel free to give us a call. And uh, we may have a, actually, I know we're going to have plenty of RegBry 101 episodes coming up. That's right. And that goes out to all of you who say, well, I have emailed you and I didn't get an answer. Well, first of all, we will answer every email. But if you want a little quicker answer, you could just leave a message on our hotline and we'll 
put your answer on the air. Yes. I always, you know, like when I see people on social media, you know, like maybe there's a post some guy says about his new bike and then deep in the comments, somebody will say, well, I ordered a jersey and uh, I haven't received it yet. And I kind of like giggle a little bit like, do they really expect somebody from Ragbri to dig through all of those messages, find the message and then get back to them? Oh, well, we do do that. <laughs> but you have to keep in mind for just to quickly answer the jersey question. Right now, we are not fully staffed as far as what we have for our summer crew. Yeah. So we have to send out 4,000 registration jerseys and the number of people that are shipping and packaging those jerseys, two. <laughs> that is two people. And who those two people, myself included, have a lot of other things that we are also doing for Rag Price. So we work on it every single day. It just, it takes a while. Sure. So if you see somebody with a jersey, just hold tight. Yours is on the way. Okay. All right. Good. Yep. Okay, so here is, we have a bunch of questions. Let's see how many we can get through, okay? Okay, yep. So first one is a guy named John, and he called in and said, I'm wondering about walking around all these great places. I have my cycling shoes and typically don't do much walking in them. Should I consider Mm. purchasing a different pair of shoes for walking around? Well, I think that's a great question, and I think it's an interesting question in that, to me, there's a couple, there's two different kinds of bike shoes. There's the kind you can walk around in and the kind yeah. that you can't. Yeah. And as you and I know very well, the most popular type of shoe on Ragbrite is a biking sandal. And that's a regular sandal that you can actually use to clip into your bike. You'll install the cleats on it so that you can clip into your bike while you're biking. And the nice, and, oh, go ahead. And that's kind of the best of both worlds where you can both walk and bike with these sandals. Yeah, I was going to say the cleat part is embedded in the sandal. So when you're walking on pavement, um, you still make that little, you know, metal clanking sound. But at least the cleat is inside the shoe. So you're not, um, I don't know how to explain it. Like the cleat's not sticking out of the shoe. That's right. Your foot is in a more natural position for walking. Yeah. And so this year in commemoration of the 50th Rag Bright, Ragbri and Shimano have teamed up and made a Ragbri specific cycling sandal where it says Ragbri on the sandal and has a little stick of Iowa. They look pretty cool. Yes. And Shimano is very well known for their sandals that are bike specific. I -hmm. have, I don't even want to tell you how many pair I have because, you know, even when I replace them, I can't get rid of the originals. Like there's so much (laughs) sentimental value, I guess. I don't know, but I have. Well, that makes that makes me feel better about my drawer full of bike shoes from over the years. Yeah. <laughs> and they're mostly sandals. Yeah. So, and if there's... like by chance, if you don't like biking sandals, like maybe you have some weird feeling that your toes are gonna, you know, get chopped off in your wheel or something. Uh, a, mm-hmm. it doesn't happen. But um, even wearing instead of like, you know, like racing cycling shoes even wearing like mountain bike type shoes Mm -hmm. they still have clips on the bottom if you're wearing clipless pedals but also they're a lot more comfortable to walk around in that's right I you know it's funny when I wear bike sandals I always burn my pinky toes which is a funny thing to burn for a sunburn but yeah so that is one hazard of wearing the sandals I have never injured my feet because otherwise because of biking but you never know I mean I now I say that and I'm probably gonna stub my toe (laughs) next time but they're pretty durable and they do have a pretty firm base so you don't necessarily 
injure yourself. But I also have a pair of those mountain biking shoes that you can clip in with. And they're also awesome if you feel more comfortable wearing a, a shoe. Yes. And I will say there are people like maybe your comfort level is the really high tech shoes that, you know, are really hard to walk in. There are people that will put a pair of like really cheap flip flops in their jersey Mm. pocket. And so then they get to, you know, the maybe the lunch spot or they want to rest somewhere, walk around a town. You can just, you know, swap out your shoes, walk around your flip flops and then change back when you get back on the bike. Yep. So there's a whole bunch of different options, just depending on what kind of shoe fits your style, both like fashion wise and walking around wise. And I would just recommend going to your nearest bike shop or sporting goods store, just kind of looking around in person, because a lot of book, uh, shoes look different yeah. on the shelf in, in real life than online. So yeah. that'd be my recommendation. And where where can they get the Ragbri Shimano sandals if they if somebody out there loves Shimano, knows what size they wear, knows their comfort level, where can they buy them? Oh, great question. You can buy them on ragbri.com slash shop, which is where our web store is. And right now they're a pre-order. But then as we finally get them into stock, which it should be just another month or so, yeah, we're going to have them here at our retail store in Des Moines, which is well, you'll have to check online for availability because we're not always open. Cool. But we will have them here, and then we'll also have them for sale on the ride. Okay. So good segue from John's question, and thanks, John, for calling in. Thank um, you, John. We've got a guy named Joe that says, "This is. I think this is a good question. Uh, okay. I usually ride solo on my rides, and I'm looking for some really good safety advice when you're riding with so many people and using clipless pedals. He's very nervous about panic stopping, and he says, you know, if someone's not paying attention, am I going to fall? Are they going to fall? What what do I do with all of those people? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and that's a legitimate question um, because, especially if you're a new rider, you may not be used to riding in crowds. Yeah. Um, I think, above all, there's a lot of different advice we can give, and I'm sure you're going to fill me in on more, but, like, for me, the number one thing to start doing is practicing clipping in and out of my pedals and I'll do that by leaning up against like holding myself upright on the bike by holding a pole or the side of a wall yeah and just clipping in and out maybe a hundred times if I have never done clipless pedals before yes yes you can also buy pedals that are clipless on one side and platform on the other Mm, so what that means is you can be clipping clipped in while you're pedaling, you know, in between towns when you don't feel like the panic of a lot of other people around you. And maybe as you get closer to a town, if it starts getting more crowded, then you can unclip and uh, rotate your pedals so that you're on the platform side. You're not clipped in and you can jump off quickly if you need to. Yeah. Yep. And I would say one other thing that a lot of newbies don't necessarily realize is once they first get those clipless pedals, the tension can be adjusted. So sometimes people have a really hard time clipping in or out and that's because the little screws are in too tight. Oh, okay. So if you feel like it's really difficult to put your foot in or out, or if it's way too loose and your foot pops out of the pedal uh, too often, go to your bike shop and have them adjust that or just monkey around with it yourself in your garage because they can be adjusted and maybe that's part of the problem. Yes. Okay. So, and to address the whole, you know, are people falling and am I going to fall? I think mm-hmm. like one of the biggest like beginner things that I tell people about group riding is that you as a rider have to be responsible 
as to what's in front of you. So if you feel like there's too many bikes in front of you, then you either need to slow down, you need to go around them, like you have to be responsible for what's in front of you. And there are not, it's not going to be um, crowded roads the entire time you're riding across the state of Iowa. There mm-hmm. are pockets of busy times, but there's plenty of opportunity to, you know, have space to yourself. Like, do you agree yeah. with that? Absolutely. Take it from me as someone who has tried to take pictures for social media of busy roads. There are a lot of times when there are not that many people out there on that road. And, you know, it just kind of spreads out throughout the day. People have different riding speeds. Um, So I don't think I would worry about it being, you see the pictures of tons of riders all out on the road on Rag Pride. That is first thing in the morning. It's different. It's certain times of day when things are congested, maybe right before a town. It's not what the real, the whole ride looks like. It's someone got a good photo opportunity. Right. And, you know, who's going to take a photo when there's only like five people on the road with you? (laughs) You're going to try, right? Yeah, I know. So um, then I'd say my other safety advice for biking is if you've never ridden in roads with big packs of bikers before, really, really focus on riding straight. Don't uh, take your water bottle out and notice if you're weaving or try to scratch your head and see if you're weaving and just Mm -hmm. sort of really pay attention to making sure that your front wheel stays in a nice straight line on a straight road. Of course, on a curved road, you're going to be curving, but not, you're not wobbling because that's the number one thing that will get you in trouble with riding really close to other riders is if you're not riding to, to you, when you pull out your water bottle and you wobble, you feel like you're being predictable because, Oh, well, of course, when I pull out my water bottle, I do that sometimes, but to other riders, they're not expecting that. And predictable riding is straight, forward riding. I completely agree. Yeah. So, and uh, one, just one last thing about that is if you're not comfortable group riding, now is the time when you need to start practicing, like go with, uh, maybe go to your local bike shop and see if they have group rides on the weekends and, you know, join them or um, go to the Ragbri Newbies Facebook page. And um, they are setting up bike rides all across the United States, which, you know, may, maybe there's not going to be one in your area, but maybe you want to travel. Um, yeah. I know I'm hosting yeah. one on May 6th, and that's in Cedar Rapids. So if you're in the Midwest, um, go check that out and join us. Um, it's a free event. I think all yeah. of the events are free. And they're just basically people who like Ragbri are just saying, you know, come group ride with us. Yep. So it'd be, that's a great opportunity. Um, group rides from bike shops or bike clubs in the area are a great opportunity or just pick up bike trail that you know that's really busy and get out there so yeah yep you're right now's the time to practice yes okay next up is Juliet oh and thank you Joe for calling in that was an awesome question thank you Joe yeah all right Juliet how do you find your team or fellow riders if you get separated dun dun Mm. dun (laughs) good question (laughs) Uh, okay, so Juliet is out there biking, and she is separated. Here's the number one thing that you have to remember about Ragbrite. You can't count on your cell phone working at any given time. Yes. You think about it, these on any given day, drive through or bike through one of these rural communities, your phone will probably work because everyone has cell phones nowadays, of course. But they're used to having, I don't know, a couple thousand people on their cell network at any given time. Mm-hmm. Well, we're multiplying that by 10, the number of people trying to use their cell phones Mm -hmm. in this community. So they get overloaded very quickly. So don't count on your cell phone. And one thing that 
people ask RagBuy a lot is, well, can't you just bring in a cell booster and like boost the signal? Well, that sounds really good in theory and like in a movie that would probably work, (laughs) but we have gotten boosters that are supposed to add another capability of like 5,000 people to the cell network. They don't, it's a drop in the bucket. They do yeah. not make a difference. And we ha- we have tried that before. Yeah. I would but, say for the most part, it's kind of fun to be on RAGBRAI and to be disconnected. You yeah. know what I mean? Like to not, yeah. not have that feeling of, I need to check my email. I need to know, you know, I, I mean, there's plenty of, there's plenty of reasons why you do want to have your phone with you, but it's kind of nice to like, oh, let's go back to 1980 when we ride across <laughs> yeah. the, the state and we don't have access to phone. But OK, but we got to get back to Juliet's question. <laughs> so what do you Yeah, what do yeah. you actually do? Uh, well, there's a couple of different tactics, and I'll just say one of the things I do. And maybe you can give an example of what you would do. But yeah. for me, my family and I would always have a preset meeting location, whether it be we will always meet at the Mr. Porkchop bus, or we'll always meet at, um, if we see a Girl Scout selling cookies, we'll always stop there, but we'll have along the way preset stops that we would always make where we would meet as a group. Yeah, almost every town, um, and you can Google this before RAGBRAI, almost every mm-hmm. town has like a post office or a movie theater or mm-hmm. a maybe like a central park. So if you you know, I don't know. And a, a great example would be I'm riding with my friends and somebody says, hey, I'm going to stop here and fill up my water bottle. I'll meet you guys, you know, a few miles up the road. So yep. at that point, you can say, all right, uh, next farmhouse, let's just pull over. We'll wait for you. But maybe yep. that's not going to work because maybe there is no farmhouse. And maybe it's like 95 degrees. You don't want to stand out in the sun. So yeah. then you can say, how about next town, uh, find the Catholic Church or find mm-hmm. the, um, you can't say a pie stand because there may well, be I think, multiple pie stands. I think a good example is all the SAGs uh, have a rendezvous point at the fire station. Oh, yeah. Nearly every community has a fire station. Sure. Yeah. Great idea. Yeah. So, so that that's one way to do it. So plan ahead as far as that goes. So if you, Juliet's pedaling with her husband and her husband says, hey, I'm going to stop here and do something, then Juliet says, I'm going to keep pedaling. You have to, at that very moment, say, but let's meet here. <laughs> yes. So then yes. you can, um, you know, hopefully reconnect. Yeah. And then on the other side of the journey, when you arrive in the town, I would always have, back in the day when I didn't have a phone, I would have it on a little piece of paper in a Ziploc bag. But you could also put it in your phone in a document that doesn't require the internet to access and I like to have written down the address of where I'm going to be camping that night or mm-hmm. the name of the location, like, say, the Des Moines Middle School, as an example. So Yeah. yeah. And the nice so, thing about rolling into um, the, the community, the overnight community, there's typically volunteers waiting. Yes. You know, they cheer you on or just people lining the street to, um, you know, make you feel important and like it's a parade. But you yeah. can pull over and be like, hey, where is 4th Street? And yep. somebody can show you the way. So, yep. It's pretty easy to tell a local from a biker because the locals are not wearing bike clothes and they're not sunburnt. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to find them. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, those are a couple ways that I would use. One other kind of high tech way that I've seen people try to get in contact with each other is that they would have little uh, radios, like little walkie talkie kind of radios, where you could clip them on your belt. But those are not perfect in that they don't always have the longest range Mm -hmm. and 
you also have to be sure that like your batteries are on and that they're powered on and you're obviously close enough together. And sometimes it's really loud on RegBri. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a fun solution, but it doesn't always work. Right, right. So, and then if you have uh, common goals, right? I'll mm-hmm. I'll give you my version, but I'll uh, okay. I'll just give you my version. So when okay. I used to ride with a team, right? We are all very social beings. We usually get to a town and then have a beer. So mm-hmm. it was always the unwritten rule. Actually, it might have been written somewhere in our <laughs> in our three ring binder on the bus. But it would say, you know, you get into a town, you find the first bar on the right. And if Mm -hmm. there's no bar on the right, then you find the first bar on the left. So you, you know, the very first one you see, you stop and then you wait for the rest of the team. And it worked, I would say, 90% of the time. And even (laughs) if the town has 10 bars, at least, you know, you know, your team could say, stop at the last bar before we leave town. So there's, that's just one example, you know, so if you're obsessed with um, pie, then you could say, find the very first pie stop on the left. Yeah. And then meet there. And I think it is pretty reasonable to expect to get separated from people at certain times during the ride. Yeah. Uh, Everyone has different riding speeds. There are people, other people out there where, you know, you may pass somebody going up a hill and then all of a sudden you look back and your friend or family member isn't right behind you anymore. Or like you said, maybe somebody needs to stop and go to the bathroom or get a drink of water and not everybody's ready to wait. Well, you might as well just keep going along. So you do kind of have to just be flexible and open-minded and maybe have a couple different tactics of finding each other later in the day. Yep. And make new friends while you're, while you're separated from your family or friends fantastic opportunity for that so okay yeah good all right so let's see next one is uh jorge he says when i registered oh we should say thank you thank you juliet for coming in okay next up is jorge and he says um this is an interesting one so andrea you're gonna have to answer this one okay when i registered for ragbri there were a list of teams that it provided an opportunity to join Um, At least that's how I understood it. This is Jorge talking. He said, but it didn't say anything about the teams. There was no information about each team. So my question is really twofold. I want to join a team, but I need information. I need to know where to find information about individual teams. Okay. So this is a a kind of a complicated answer to this question if you're not familiar with RAGBRAI. But so first of all, the list of teams that you see on registration is not a a list of options. Uh, It is just for people that already have a team and they want to join the team that they're already affiliated with. Okay. So, so it's not really a menu. So what you're saying is when you register for RAGBRAI, you can register um, the whole team together. Is that what that means? Mm-hmm. You can register. No, you would, you register as an individual, but you would be joining a club or team that is expecting you to register. And okay. many of these have passwords that you would need to provide um, or the, team captain will be looking through the register and will be if they see you on the team and you're not really supposed to be there be like be like oh well and the main reason for this is not because they're not friendly because they're all super friendly but when you join a team through registration really what that means is that your registration packet is going to go to their team captain so if you don't already know this person then your packet is going to go to some random stranger and you may not be able to access it on or before the ride okay so if i have been part of let's say team parrot talk for okay. 10 years. I, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, I would love to be part of Team Parrot Talk. Okay. But I register and I would go in and find Parrot Talk and then there may be a password that let, gets me in there. 
And if you are the team leader, that means Mm -hmm. I register, I pay, I am now part of RAGBRAI, but all my stuff, like my credentials, my luggage tag, will go to the team captain, right? It will go to Parrot Talk Studios. Yep. All the mailing would go there. So, um, you know, a lot of people see that as a benefit. Some people don't really want that. But yeah. yeah. So, but let's say you do want to be on a team just for the camaraderie purposes or for camping or for other things. Normally, what I would recommend in a normal year would be to join a charter because they give you the feeling of a team. They are open to anyone to join Mm -hmm. um, and they provide a lot of like sort of built in friendship that you might not feel comfortable having without the team just because there's always a communal tent. There's always usually a place to get sodas after the ride and snacks Mm -hmm. and maybe even shower options. But this year, all of the charters are already sold out. Ah, okay. So it's not an option like it has been in the past, which is really unfortunate, but it's just kind of the way the cookie has crumbled this sure. year. Yeah. So the other way that I would suggest joining a team is that we have all sorts of different RAGBRAI fan pages and um, community pages on Facebook. So you can go there and just search. There's one called RAGBRAI Newbies for new people to RAGBRAI, and there's one that's called RAGBRAI L followed by the dates. And I would just caution you there's one that's an event and one that's a group and make sure that you're looking at the group okay instead of the event but so go in there and just say hey i'm looking for a team and just sort of describe i'm uh ap i'm you know a adult woman who would be riding by herself and i really i'm new to biking you know just something like that and i'm from the des moines area Mm -hmm. and you'll have all sorts of different people coming in and saying hey you know you uh, maybe you want to join our team or, Hey, we were looking to connect with someone too. And you can form a team that way, but you would be joining a team of strangers, you know, but at least on Facebook, you can kind of check out creep on their profile and see, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> make sure they're not serial killers or whatever. Right. But so. And disclaimer, those two sites that you mentioned on Facebook are not RAGBRAI official sites, correct? No, no, they're not affiliated with us. Um, the RAGBRAI newbies, when we do work with them a lot, but they are not run by us in any way. And neither okay. is the RAGBRAI L is purely a fan page. We don't even know the people that run that page, but sure. yeah. um, it is a nice community. The other thing that I might suggest is that your t- community probably has a bike club that is probably coming on RAGBRAI. Oh, yeah. So either say, look up, I used to be from Iowa City, look up Bicyclists of Iowa City or go to your bike shop and say, hey, do you know if there's any RAGBRAI teams in the area that would be are accepting members? And I think that would be a really great way to go too because then you have a personal recommendation. I agree. And to top all of that off, I do think it is a blast to do RAGBRAI solo because mm. you are you can choose to be alone if you'd like, but really you're never alone. Um, yes. you, your registration uh, actually provides your luggage to be moved every single day through the RAGBRAI support and the luggage trucks. So you can truly do it on your own. So if you can't find a team, don't, don't hold back. Yeah. I mean, there are all sorts of people that you're going to meet and make friends with on the ride. It's actually surprising how many people you see day after day, because a lot of people leave at the same time as you or from a similar location as you. Um, The number of people that I have, talk to who have met lifetime friends or spouses on the ride it's a lot it's more than you would think so yeah don't be afraid to go by yourself if you um you know if you don't have a team it's certainly not a requirement maybe you'll meet friends and make a new team going forward so yeah and uh also i need to say that team parrot talk is not an actual team so don't even (laughs) don't even try to join andrea parrot's team because it does not exist well i'm not going to 
uh, if they mail the packets to my house, I might not be home to pick them up. I'm probably going to be in Sioux City. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Okay. And I wanted to point out really quick, all four of our callers had J names and that was not on purpose. I know. I know. And I do. I'm looking at our list and I see there's one from Jody, but let's do one more really quick. And this one's from Don, which oh, is okay, not a J name, but <laughs> okay. Don uh, called us all the way from Alabama. Okay. And I feel like this is a pretty good question because um, like I know the answer, but I'll see what you thought. think. Okay. So Don says, what to do when it rains all day and your apparel and bike are wet? Well, Don, I think that you probably won't melt if you get wet. That's <laughs> <laughs> Some, That's somebody say. said that to me a couple years ago when I was, you know, maybe mildly complaining about being in the rain. And they said to me, now, seriously, are you waterproof? And I'm like, oh, I am waterproof. Why <laughs> yeah. am I complaining? <laughs> yeah. I like to say to myself, and I know this is kind of extreme, but I like to say, is this going to kill me or not? Is oh. it riding in this temperature, is it actually going to hurt me or okay. is it just uncomfortable? And somehow mentally it helps me to think, oh, no, I'm actually going to be okay. Yeah. It's fine. Um, but if you want to be practical and talk about little tips and tricks that I do, to keep my bike and myself a little bit more comfortable on rainy days on Ragbri. First of all, when you pack for Ragbri, make sure that you bring a jacket so that if yeah. you get up on the day and it looks like it's going to rain or you look at your phone and it and it's working and it says that it might rain, be sure to bring that jacket along with you. Yes. Um, either in your bike bag or I have seen them sort of twisted up to be a long garment and then tied around a handlebars or a seat post. Mm -hmm. Whatever you've got to do around your waist, whatever you've got to do to bring that jacket with you, and if you don't, or if you you forget, my favorite backup is a trash bag. Yes. <laughs> so it's a Ragbri classic. You'll I have see the a best. Lot of out there with I have the best photograph of our ride director Matt Fippen wearing a garbage bag, and it's actually he's standing in the rain with the garbage bag. I should see if we can find it. Maybe we could make that our <laughs> uh, our picture for the episode today. <laughs> yeah. Well, because you know sometimes it does surprise you. The rain surprises you, and for that. I don't always pack a trash bag because you can usually find them mm -hmm. along the route, but mm -hmm. I will pack like a shoelace so that when I'm wearing the trash bag, it's not just billowing around me and flapping oh. and I can kind of lash it down a little bit. Yeah. So that's, that's something really small that could fit in almost any bike bag um, that I will bring with me. And sometimes I will pack the trash bag. The other thing that I will pack because I don't have the intricate bag system that Murph has <laughs> is that I will pack a Ziploc bag to make sure that I can put my phone and my money yes, in it at yes. any given time. Yes, that is, yeah. that is, even if it's in your jersey pocket, to be able mm -hmm. to, you know, have your phone not get wet is pretty important. Yeah. Um, as far as your bike goes, like bikes are meant to be able to be in all elements, whether it's yes. snow, rain, mud, all that good stuff. So your bike being wet for a couple days is not going to be that big of a deal. Um, right. The only thing I would recommend is like, let's say it, it stops raining. One of the things that you should probably do is try and get a lot of the grit off of your bike. Um, yeah. If you can find a hose somewhere, do that. If you can't, just using your water bottle to kind of get the you know, yeah. sand or grit out of your chain. And if you have the opportunity to put some sort of lubricant on the chain, that will prevent yeah. it from rusting. But even let's just say worst case scenario, it rains all night and then your bike is wet. Um, the, mm -hmm. the chain might get a little bit rusty, but it's, 
not going to be a, a reason for you not to pedal the next day. That's right. It'll still function. And I will say, I guess it's not necessarily rain, but dew is a big factor on rack dry. And I will use that trash bag that I pack as an emergency raincoat and I will put it over my seat sometimes at oh, night. Yeah. Yep. And then I start the day with a nice dry seat instead of a dewy seat. Yes. So, yes. you know, it's the little comforts in life. Yes. And now a little bit of prepping you can do is to make sure you have your clean clothing in Ziploc bags or some sort of mm. um, bag that is waterproof or water resistant because if you've been in the rain all day you do not want to get mm. put your tent up and then realize that all of your other clothing is wet as well so oh, absolutely that's just um i know a lot of we've talked about it many times but there is a how to pack for rag Bry video yeah. on youtube that um kind of details a lot of that information yep featuring kathy murphy featuring me yes yeah, so it's a, it's a fantastic video. It's super helpful uh, because it includes all the stuff like this where you might not think of it ahead of time if you aren't, or if you might overthink it and you might pack too much. So it's yeah. really helpful. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So uh, I could say in a nutshell to Don, if it rains all day, you still are going to be biking in it or mm -hmm. you're going to be on the sag wagon all day long. So like for the most part, Iowa July is usually nice and warm, so even if it's raining, mm -hmm. it's not that big of a deal. Um, yep. But regardless, you've somehow got to get your body all the way across the state. Yep, so you just got to sort of maybe plan for the stuff you don't want to happen, and if it doesn't happen, great, and if it does, then you'll be ready. So Embrace, right? Embrace it. Yep, yeah. exactly. Okay, so. well, let's wrap it up. We have a ton more questions coming in, so I think, like, let's... Let's give the phone number again for RAGBRAI 101. And I truly think if these questions keep coming in, we should maybe start our RAGBRAI 101 series, like maybe April 1st, you know, around that yeah. area. And, what you know, we'll start doing an episode a week or something like that. So if you have questions or even comments about what we've talked about today, either call us or email us, right? Yeah, that sounds fantastic. And I'm going to give you the phone number. Okay. It is 515 303-0385. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks, guys, for listening to the podcast, and we'll see you next week. Get biking. Well, listeners, that is it for this week. We both want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the Just Go Bike podcast. And if you'd like to contact us with a comment about the podcast, or maybe you have a topic in mind, you can reach us at justgobikepodcast at gmail.com, or you can also follow us on social media at justgobike on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, especially if you're a fan. And if you have any extra time, pop on over to the Morphology Podcast for more bike adventure interviews. All right, that's a wrap. We'll be back next week. Until then, just go bike!